freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. And GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the Conservative Crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the GOPJosh.com. Glad to be with you all today, as always. You can call into the program, 574-675-6747, and leave a voicemail if you'd like. Or you can join us via Twitter Spaces, or X Spaces, over at GOPJosh20 when we live record the program. Appreciate you all hopping on with us today, as always, as we've been covering and doing pretty much wall-to-wall coverage of this speaker vote, where we thought we would never have a Speaker of the House. At least I didn't expect to ever have someone that would meet 217. But I didn't expect to have someone meet 217 with every Republican ballot. But this patriot, this congressman, has done just that. So we have a new House Speaker, Mike Johnson of Louisiana, the House Republican Vice Chair, has became the Speaker on Wednesday, that is today, uh, on the first ballot, receiving every Republican vote, and that has not been done for context, since Paul, or not Paul Ryan, uh, John Boehner uh, from the state of Ohio. Great state of Ohio, terrible congressman. Uh, last one to receive all Republican votes was John Boehner. Mike Johnson received that today. He was the fourth nominee. I went through Scalise and Johnson and Tom Emmer, who was the nominee for like 15 minutes. He, he, he did one vote. He had like 100 holdouts. I was like, okay, I give up. I give up. He's too old for that. So uh, he, he wasn't the, the nominee very long. Uh, and then we had Mike Johnson. I didn't know Mike Johnson before this, so I was reading into him a little bit, trying to see what really was there to, to like about this guy, what was there to dislike, because, come on, if everyone is working for him, there must be something wrong with him, right? First thing I look at, Ukraine vote. You go in there, you look at it, he has an F on the Republicans for Ukraine page, on their, on their scorecard, Republicans uh, for Ukraine. We've gone into them a couple times. They have a scorecard for all the Republicans, and he has an F rating. So he's our guy. I mean, just just based on that alone, he voted for one initial funding bill, and then he he stopped. So he he's our guy uh, in terms of Ukraine funding. 
I, I looked at the um, at what he did after he became the speaker designee. First thing he did was lead the conference in prayer. This is really an improvement over over Kevin McCarthy. And people were saying, well, you know, it's it's not worth it for for Matt Gates to even worry about doing the motion to vacate. We're just going to get another swamp rhino in there. And he might be. We haven't given him a minute to, to even possibly consider that. No one knew who he was a week ago. But just based on Ukraine funding alone, he is our guy. And so he's better than, uh, probably not as good as Jim Jordan, but again, we'll see. We didn't have Jim Jordan as speaker. He's definitely already better than Kevin McCarthy. Um, and we're having a flashback here to Tucker Carlson uh, when he was still on Fox News. This is from the Daily Caller. Speaker Mike Johnson once called for former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to be charged with a felony after she tore up former President Donald Trump's State of the Union speech in 2020. House Republicans nominated Johnson Tuesday, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and we all remember that clip. So we have the clip here from Tucker Carlson's show when he was on Fox News, and we'll get to that in a second. But, I mean, this is really our guy. And he he is quite the guy. He's a patriot, and I just look forward to to having him as our speaker. And we're playing noise on the wrong speaker. We, we do a little trolling. It's called we do a little trolling. And I guess trolling. we do trolling now. All right. We, we are a well-funded high operation musician. here. All right, here we go. So you were obviously watching there at the State of the Union. Um, when you saw the speaker rip the president's speech into pieces, did you take that as a sign of, of politeness, as an, as an expression of kindness and friendship? No, of course not. I mean, it was a shameful display. It was stunning, really, to many members uh, sitting in the House. It was totally unprecedented. It was shameless, and it was also unlawful, Tucker. Um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about this the last 48 hours, and I did a little legal memo to point out to my colleagues that she actually committed a felony when she tore that, that paper up. It wasn't just any copy of the State of the Union address. It was the copy, the original. And we have over two centuries of custom and tradition, and of course the Constitution that calls for the State of the Union address, uh, that the, when the President delivers the copies to those top legal officers, the two top legislative officers in that right. co-equal branch of government, those are the official documents of the House. And if you tear those up, you violated a specific statute in the criminal code. And that is Mike Johnson, our new speaker. That was in uh, 2020, but still. I, I don't think he's gotten much worse since then. In fact, he might have even gotten better. So here's Congressman Brad Sherman. I bet you never heard that name before. He is from California's 32nd District. Um, he is, I'm guessing, a Democrat, I would imagine. Yes, he's a Democrat. Um, so here's what he said about MAGA extremist Mike Johnson and this fancy little graphic that I, I actually shared. It was so great. Attack democracy, criminalize abortion, slash social security and Medicare, MAGA extremist Mike Johnson, Jim Jordan in a jacket. Okay, Jim Jordan in a jacket's even better than Jim Jordan. You were just selling me more on this guy. And I'm just... I mean, this isn't... This, is this not a Democrat? Is this guy a Democrat? I, I'm not even familiar. Yes, he is. Okay. Uh, I saw someone said he supported Jim Jordan in the comments, so no. His... his Main picture on his congressional website is, is him with with uh, Joe Biden. So, yeah, he's he's an old guy too. This guy has no hair. He has the old like fifth grade geometry or something teacher haircut with nothing on top, everything on the sides. Not a great look, dude. Just go full bald, man. Or I guess you could do a toupee. Not a good look either. We we saw Mr. Toupee. We saw him try to be speaker. Mike Rogers didn't work out very well for him either. 
so that's our new speaker, Mike Johnson. I look forward to seeing what he does. Um, I think he'll be a better speaker than Jim Jordan. I mean, I know he'll be a better speaker than Jim Jordan. Come on. Or not Jim Jordan. Mike Mc- or Kevin McCarthy. I almost have names right today. It is all over the place. Uh, another quick news with uh, Congress here. And we're going to get to this really quickly here. I want to I kind of go deeper into it in the next uh, segment here. Jamal Bowman, who's our favorite guy up on the Hill, the great, the great, great, great congressman. Remember when he was a former school teacher and then he pulled the fire alarm? We got an update for you on that. But first, before we go to our break, we have to tell you about our friends over at our Patreon page that keep us on the air. Our phone number is 574-675-6747, 57GOPJosh7, brought to you by our friends over at patreon.com slash GOPJosh. Uh, you can support the program for as little as $3 a month. Keep us on the air. Keep us trying to do what we're doing. Maybe even funding a new venture. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. And, uh, yeah, appreciate you all supporting over there if you can. Uh, this show, and I, I promise this, and I, I hope I can uphold this promise forever, will always remain free. You will interact with with the community on on social media. Uh, you can follow me on X at GOP Josh twenty on Facebook GOP Josh uh, at GOP Josh twenty on Instagram on Truth Social at GOP Josh. We're all over the place, and we try to be kind of active all over the place too. A lot to manage for one person, but I get it done. Uh, we'll be back right after this here on the the Conservative Crusader GOP Josh You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. We appreciate you joining us here on the Conservative Crusader on this beautiful Wednesday, October 25th, year of our Lord, 2023. Great time to tell you all about all the news. That's what we're here for. Uh, And you can find more about me and what we do over there at GOPJosh.com. That is G-O-P-J-O-S-H dot com. Jamal Bowman, congressman. From, where is he from? He's from New York. Of course he is. The New York congressmen are so hit or miss. I mean, we have George Santos over there, the great patriot, and then we have Jamal Bowman. So, I mean, just what is it? A Democrat from New York has been charged after he pulled a fire alarm in a House of Representatives building amid a government shutdown uh, threat on September 30th. Bowman has been charged with a false fire alarm on Wednesday on afternoon. His arraignment is scheduled for Thursday morning. An arrest warrant filed by the U.S. Capitol Police Super, uh, Supervisory Special Agent Joseph... That's a long title. You know, the, the longer your title is, the less important you actually are. Uh, the U.S. Capitol Police Supervisory Special Agent... How many words is that? Two, three, four... A six-word title, and you expect me to take you seriously. Uh, Joseph McAtee states that they were notified at 12.05 p.m. that a fire alarm had been pulled inside of the Cannon House office building on the second floor... Uh, when Bauman was interviewed by police uh, capital agents, he told him he responded yes if he, when he asked if he knew anything about the fire alarm. I uh, said he was in the rush because votes were being called, adding that doors usually open. Uh, Bauman, according to the arrest warrant, told the agents that he saw nearby doors reading with a sign, emergency exit only, push to open. So he pushed on the door and pulled the lever next to it, which must have been the alarm. Now, I've seen those very doors. 
They are not usually open when I've been in there, at least. Maybe I'm wrong, and I might be thinking of other doors. I've seen those very doors, at least. And they, they have them right on the side, a fire alarm that is strictly labeled fire alarm. Not open the door by, by triggering this alarm. Not, hey, we'll, we'll let you out if you, if you pull this. No, it is labeled strictly fire alarm. If there is a fire, you pull the alarm. This guy was a principal of a, of, of a school. They have drills every six months. Are you kidding me? Are you telling me there's never been a, a fire drill in this guy's school? He doesn't know how a fire alarm works? Um, I don't know. Um, so he says that advised when usually when votes are called, all doors are open, that the door is usually open, uh, second floor door leading to the Independence Avenue. The defendant further stated that this door uh, was a usual door he uses. He then went to a Democrat meeting and a vote at the Capitol. Um, then the House Sergeant at Arms contacted him, the warrant states. So there's a full arrest warrant. That is a long arrest warrant for a misdemeanor. Bauman told the agent he didn't intend to cause a fire alarm by pulling a thing called fire alarm and didn't intend to disrupt or obstruct a congressional proceeding, then stated he needed a lawyer and he wouldn't make any further statements. He had to get a lawyer. He won't make any further statements. From what I understand here, folks, Jamal Bauman has completed an insurrection against the U.S. Capitol. He has destroyed, barricaded, broke through the doors, tried to go through a, an, an exit that wasn't open. He is trying to insurrect against the U.S. government. He should be charged 33 years at the very minimum. No, I'm not going to say that because it's not what happened. Right? I mean, he did less, or he did more, I, I apologize, The January 6th people did less than he did. And it's just, he'll, he'll get off scot-free. He should be censured and expelled from Congress. If you commit any crime when you're in Congress found guilty, you should be expelled. And I believe Jamal Bowman uh, should be expelled. The agent wrote in the arrest warrant that there was a sign next to the door reading emergency exit only, adding that the fire alarm had red lettering, which read, fire, push in, pull down. So why would a fire alarm unlock a door? How would the logistics of a fire alarm ever actually open a door? The only way you can open a door is with a key or with the, the fancy electronic things. It's like, hey, uh, hey, January 6th people, you can come in now. The doors are open. You can push them open. And, and hey, hey, you can come into the balcony. We're, we're ushering you into the balcony, but the speaker says this when asked about it. Do you think Ashley Babbitt was murdered? Or do you think the police officer who shot her was doing his job? I think the police officer did his job. Right? And you can have a president that says this. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. But he's found guilty of every crime under the planet. So it, the double standard is outrageous. Imagine if that was George Santos, great congressman, pulling the fire alarm. Or if that was Matt Gates, or even Kevin McCarthy, uh, Kevin McCarthy's uniparty. Any actual conservative pulling that fire alarm. They wouldn't be in Congress right now. They'd be in prison. Waiting, awaiting trial. Because the double standard is unbelievable. I, I, I believe it, but it's un... It's not even... What am I trying to say here? It, it shouldn't be a thing, and we know that, but we need to put a stop to it. Jamal Bauman should be charges if he had an R next to his name. Um, So I, I want to play this clip here uh, from the speaker uh, after... So after the, the speaker got... Elected speaker designate um, Mike Johnson, who's now actually speaker. Uh, the whole House conference surrounded around him, did a press conference. They were all united behind him. 
some random lady journalist no one cares about, no one's heard of before, starts talking about the election because Mike Johnson did the right thing and voted not to certify the election. So let's hear this clip. It's, it's hilarious. She said, you le helped lead the efforts to overturn the 2020 election. So there's this old lady, I think it's Virginia Fox, next to Lauren Bober, just yelling, shut up, shut up, shut up. Which is just fantastic. Just fantastic. And when you have Steve Scalise, you have Virginia Fox, you have Elise Stefanik, you have Lauren Boebert, all of these uh, very different Congress people. I know there's a, a Corey Mills back in the group a little more. Kat Kamek sticking her head through there, not sure it can fit in the place like that. Um, and they're all uniting behind this guy. This was 12 hours ago, so that was 5.48 a.m. is when this video was out. That's when you know that you have someone that will get through. And the way that he really, he's, he's doing what he's doing and the way he's voted makes me proud that he's our, our speaker. And I'm not going to be too proud yet. I'm not going to be patting him on the back, complimenting him. Uh, but just what he said, it, it's making me happy. And, and the way he's voted so far, I'm not sure if it's just a psyop, but it'd be a pretty long psyop. I mean, he, he, there's writings that they found a long time ago we're not going to get deep into where he's talked about criminalizing gay intercourse. So, I mean, I mean, this guy is just, he is the epitome of social conservatism. Oh, and it is official. Video here from Anna Paulina Luna, where the Mike Johnson Speaker of the House sign has been installed above the Speaker's office. What a guy. Do we have the audio? I think it's going to sound like a drill, but, you know, I love listening to drills, so. Oh, it's just air. You can't hear anything. There it is. There's the drill sound. Drill, baby, drill. And it is in the wall. So, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has been established. All right. When we return from the break, we have a lot to get to. Jenna Ellis, Jebba the Hutt, is going to be pleading guilty. And she cries and she acts like a little baby. We'll talk about that after the break. Also, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, cannot stay in California, probably because he knows it's a cesspool. And he actually went overseas awfully, awfully far for a governor to meet with none other than Winnie the Pooh himself, Xi Jinping. Also, DeSantis is trying to defend his record of fighting anti-Semitism after President Trump receives a coveted endorsement. And then your complete analysis into issue two uh, here in Ohio from a conservative Gen Z perspective. Back after this here on the Conservative Crusader, you're listening to the top Ohio political podcast back after this. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader, brought to you by our friends over at Fiverr. Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace and allows both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform, voiceover, logo design, whatever you might need. Um... Not really sure what they don't offer. You can find over at Fiverr, bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr. All right, so let's get into this story now where we have lawyer, and I used to be such a Jenna Ellis fan. 
I used to watch um, Dr. Gorka's radio show all the time, uh, America First. I used to watch that show all the time. I called in a bunch. And I was always a big Jenna Ellis fan. She always went on, said the right stuff, made the right move. So much that 14-year-old GOP Josh was supporting Jenna Ellis for the possible, uh, some sort of federal judge position. And I'm so glad I grew out of that. Jenna Ellis becomes latest Trump lawyer to plead guilty over efforts to overturn Georgia's election. So, uh, I can't actually see what she's tweeting about this. She has me blocked after I asked about how her husband and kids are doing. Uh, because she was talking about having a traditional family and all that, and then, you know, can't make everyone happy. Uh, attorney and prominent conservative media figure Jenna Ellis pleaded guilty Tuesday to a felony charge over efforts to overturn Donald Trump's 2020 election loss in Georgia, tearfully telling judges she took back that time uh, with deep remorse. So he's, she's the fourth defendant to enter a guilty plea um, into a plea deal with prosecutors, was a, part, a vocal part of Trump's re-election campaign in the last presidential cycle and was charged alongside the Republican former president and 17 others with violating the state's anti-racketeering law. So she raised $261,000 on her Give, Send, Go to help support her legal bill. And then she goes out and does this. Thank you, Your Honor, for the opportunity to address the court. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously. And I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people. Wow. I read about... Wow. I read about who cares, Lee. Okay, so I, I was wrong about the numbers. It wasn't 261, it was 217, 251 is what she's raised on gifts and go. She is still taking donations on gifts and go. She's still to this day, I could go on here and donate money to her campaign. I could click here. How, how much should I donate? Zero dollars. Oh, minimum of five. So you can't just donate whatever you want, a minimum of five dollars. Monthly. You can offer to donate to her monthly. Every month, you can give Jenna Ellis a little more money so she can cry in front of a judge. What a lady. What a traitor. I mean, honestly, it doesn't go much deeper than that. What a traitor. All right. Governor Newsom met with Xi Jinping, you know, Winnie the Pooh, in a surprise meeting uh, gets torched for climate fear-mongering. So there's a seven-minute video here on the uh, in the show notes below. I'm not going to play it. Don't have that kind of time. 
All right. Democrat California Governor Gavin Newsom has a surprise meeting with Chinese leader Xi Jinping in Beijing on Wednesday, a trip blasted online for its apparent focus on climate change and fentanyl as relations between the United States and the powerful Asian nation have become tense. Um, I'm here on expectation, as you suggest, of turning the page of renewing our friendship and reengaging on foundational and fundamental issues that will determine our collective faith in the future. Newsom said in a brief opening remarks ahead of his meeting with Wei, uh, Wang Yi, China's top diplomat, earlier in the day. Throughout, uh, through, though Newsom, who has again sparked speculation of a potential presidential run with his trip to Israel last week, was in China to promote cooperation on addressing climate change, Chinese officials took this opportunity and welcomed speeches ahead of the closed-door meetings to talk about U.S.-China relations. Wang is preparing to visit the U.S. on Thursday. So first, when Biden goes overseas, I can't remember where he went at this point. I think it was Afghanistan. Uh, has he been to Afghanistan? Anyways, when, when he went overseas, here we have Gavin Newsom waltzing his way into the Oval Office. And then we have Joe Biden doing a stupid half-butted address behind a teleprompter to the nation about Israel and our, our, our foreign standings. And then Gavin Newsom, the governor, he's a governor of a state. He's not a president. He's not vice president. He's not in the cabinet. He's, he's a governor. Goes to China and talks about U.S.-Chinese relations. Why would a governor be so concerned about U.S.-Chinese relations if he wasn't running for president? Now, I don't think Gavin Newsom has it in him. He is a straight, well, I think he is, white male in the 2023. You really think that guy has it in him? I mean, look at look at the way he sits, man. He doesn't have the presidential attitude. But he is supposed to be, I mean, the guy. I thought the guy was going to be Michael Obama, Michelle Obama. But between the two, I think Gavin Newsom's easier to beat. But he is just, why would optically... Now, I'm an optics guy, if you don't know this already. I like looking at optics, like looking at the way things should be, the way, you know, these things should go. Why would anyone optically think it was a good idea to have someone that wasn't our president or our vice president or the secretary of state or the uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security, all that fun stuff, represent us on the national scale, especially someone with the negative connotations of Gavin Newsom being the governor of the worst state in the union? It's a pretty state. I believe. I've never been. Hope I never go. A pretty state. A lot of great, um, a lot of great economy there. But we're just, we're not, we're not there as a country to even have consideration for him to ever be president. Um, now Arnold Schwarzenegger had he had not he not gone woke left, he can't even be president. But imagine Arnold as president. That'd be just, it'd be funny. Uh, so Ron DeSantis running for president had to defend his record standing up for Florida's Jewish community after a Republican lawmaker in his home state flipped his endorsement to Trump after accused governor, pardon me, accused the governor of failing to address anti-Semitism. Randy Fine, the lone Jewish Republican elected to the Florida legislature, said when the state experienced anti-Semitism demonstrations over the last 18 months, DeSantis, quote, said almost nothing and worse, he did almost nothing. The past two weeks have made me realize our choice as Jews is simple. Fine wrote in an op-ed published by the Washington Times, We can vote for the governor who says all the right things, or we can vote for the president who actually does them. When it comes to action, Donald Trump has never let us down. <laughs> While campaigning in New Hampshire, DeSantis described Fine's remarks as pure politics and suggested the Republican representative was lashing out because he wasn't named president of Florida Atlantic University. A search committee for the university named in July three finalists, and Fine was not one of them, the chancellor of the state university suspended the search. In August, Fine told a local television station he was asked to apply for the job by DeSantis, leading some to raise the concern that DeSantis or his allies had intervened to stop the search, 
so fine could be installed. However, the job remains vacant. He didn't get it. Now he's running for state senate. He's trying to uh, integrate himself. Totally ridiculous. What other governor has rescued people from Israel? When they do things like where there will be four knuckleheads and then we put people... Wait, he, he cannot speak. All right, I'm going to read this quote for quote. When they do things where like there'll be four knuckleheads and then they people are like making, why would you not want to elevate it? Sometimes they'll bring my stuff, which they're not obviously my supporters, or doing that to try and smear me. Why would I elevate that nonsense? The Zanus also claimed that some of the people participating in the neo-Nazi marches that are fake and sought to distinguish those marches from recent pro-Palestinian protests, which he has publicly and fiercely condemned. If you were attacking a guy, the only Jewish legislature in your home state for not voting for you and not supporting you, by saying, I'm doing things, look at this, guys, I'm doing things, I have a feeling he knows more about it than you do, and I have a feeling he knows right. Why is this primary even still going on? It seems every day I care less and less about this race. We have our nominee. It's President Trump. There is no one else that has any chance, any shred of a chance, at being president. Not even Joe Biden, I don't think, has a chance of getting reelected. Uh, we'll see. But I mean, not even a shred of a chance that Ron DeSantis will ever be anywhere near the Oval Office unless he's cleaning it for Donald Trump. So I don't know. I, I don't see the point. All right, friends, we'll be back with our Ohio segment analyzing issue two, the underreported issue, back after this here on The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey, everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep The Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. Today, friends, welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. As we are facing a ballot issue here in Ohio that will make Ohio like Michigan. Now, I don't support that ballot issue, and we're going to talk about why here on the show. But first, I got to give a shout out uh, to those who provided me with yard signs, helped me get them connected. To get the issue one yard signs, no one issue one. Got a lot of them out today, about 10. Seven were, or three of them were stolen, which was just an atrocity. I watched it happen. You know, when you when you go to the Board of Elections, the, the, I put them like 600 feet away. They still came out, took the signs. It's such a joke. All right, issue two 
is a proposed law. This will be a citizen-initiated statute. So that means two different things compared to the issue one. That means it will not be an amendment to the Constitution. That means it can be changed. And that also means that the Ohio uh, legislature can amend and change this uh, through regular order. So let me read this entire one page, and then I want to read the uh, yes and no. The whole law is about uh, 12 pages, so I'm not going to read all that, but here's what you'll see on the ballot. To enact Chapter 3780 of the Ohio Revised Code, which would, quote, define uh, adult use of cannabis to mean marijuana as defined in Section uh, 3719.01 of the Revised Code and establish a division of cannabis control within the Department of Commerce. Authorize the division to regulate, investigate, and penalize adult use cannabis operators, adult use testing laboratories, and individuals required to be licensed. Legalize and regulate the cultivation, processing, sale, purchase, possession, home, grow, and use of cannabis by adults at least 21 years of age. Create additional uh, protections for individuals who engage in permitted adult use uh, cannabis conduct. Establish the Cannabis Social Equity and Jobs Program and require Department of Development to certify programs applicants based on social and economic disadvantage. Define social disadvantage to include membership in a racial or ethnic minority group, disability status, gender, or long-term residence in a high area or area of high unemployment. Shield certain confidential information from disclosure to the public, including but not limited to any information reported to our to or collected by the division that identifies or would tend to identify any adult-use cannabis consumer that prohibits the Department of Development from reaching or releasing certain application information as public records. Require the division to provide peripheral treatment to applicants who have qualified for the Cannabis Social Equity and Jobs Program based on social disadvantage uh, when issuing Level 3 adult-use cannabis cultivator licenses and dispensary license. And this is a long amendment. Where I, I feel like it's important when we're doing analysis like this to tell you everything it's going to say on your ballot. Uh, prohibit certain local government entities from limiting specific research, levying a tax, or charging on adult-use operations, their owner, or their property not generally charged on other businesses. And prohibit certain local government entities from prohibiting or limiting adult-use cannabis home grow or prohibiting or restricting an activity authorized by the proposed law. Authorize a landlord or an employer to prohibit the adult-use cannabis in certain circumstances and prohibit the operation of a motor vehicle while using or under the influence of adult-use cannabis and from using any other combustible adult-use cannabis while a passenger in a motor vehicle. Limit criminal liability for certain financial institutions that provide financial services to any lawful adult-use cannabis operator or testing laboratory license under the proposed law. Require the division to enter into an agreement with the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services and create a program for cannabis addiction services. Provide for the creation of five funds in the state treasury, the Adult-Use Tax Fund, the Cannabis Social Equity and Jobs Fund, the Host Community Cannabis Fund, the Substance Abuse and Addiction Fund and the Division of Cannabis Control and Tax Commissioner Fund, and provide for taxation of 10% on the sale of adult-use cannabis by dispensaries in addition to the usual state tax, a sales tax, and require that all monies collected by the 10% tax be levied to deposited into the Adult-Use Tax Fund and quarterly distributed as follows. That's a lot of words. 36% to the Cannabis Social Equity and 36 job and Jobs Fund, 36% to the Host Community Cannabis Facilities Fund, 25% to the Substance Abuse and Addiction Fund, and 3% to the Division of Cannabis Control and Law and Tax Commission Fund. If passed, the law will be uh, become effective 30 days after the election. Shall the proposed law be adopted, yes or no? So this is a problem for me, and I used half my time here reading that, but it's important to tell you everything that we really have to, to look for on your ballot. Do I think the inherent use of cannabis instead of a painkiller, instead of a addictive, um, you know, substance like a, 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 a pill is bad. Inherently, no. But the way this is written is going to just make everything worse. And this is really where I, I draw the line here. Um, 
and it's not the taxable part, but I want, I'll explain after I, I read it again. Provide for taxation of 10% on the sale of adult-use cannabis by dispensaries in addition to usual sales taxes and require that all monies collected from the 10% tax levied be deposited into the adult-use tax fund and quarterly distributed as follows. And we have all the, the distribution. So we have here the great opening for a black market because you're going to have people that go in there, start buying drugs, start buying cannabis at a dispensary, and then not be able to afford it, right? So they're going to think, how can I get some more weed for cheaper? Well, this guy up the street sells it, and he doesn't charge sales tax. So they're going to mix it with something, make it not as good, of course. And then they're going to accidentally lace it with something else. The black market's going to be even worse. Also, I'm in public, I'm around public schools a lot. And I'm telling you, there is no shortage of weed in public schools and marijuana in the our youth programs and, and our youth people who use it and talk about it like as nothing. And the school does nothing about it. The uh, prosecutors do nothing about it. There is no shortage of marijuana on our streets. Legalizing it will not only make that worse, but also promoting with a fake ID, be able to go in and buy some marijuana on a dispensary. And I like the medical program. I really think the medical program is a great idea. It helps a lot of things. And it's generally easy to get a card from my experience, one of those medical marijuana cards. Um, But allowing anyone with any sort of ID to walk into a dispensary or, or probably even less places or other places pretty soon, buy weed, walk out the door, Hey, he was 18. He was using a fake ID. Hey, he was 16. He was using a fake ID. Hey, he's 14 with a fake mustache, and there's three kids piled up in a trench coat using a fake ID, and they just bought marijuana. This is not a safe policy for Ohio, and the fact that it's not being talked about this uh, at all is a shame. Issue one is incredibly important, and voting against that is incredibly important. But flip your ballot over. It's very likely. You, you heard all that text. It's probably going to be on the back side. Issue one is is four sections. That was a lot of bullet points. Flip your ballot over. Make sure you vote no on issue two. If you want to protect our youth in any way, if you want to help our our future in any way, if you want to make Ohio less like Michigan, vote no on issue two. So here is um, the, I'm not going to read the whole thing because we're coming up on on our uh, closed out on time. But Senator Dr. Terry Johnson, Mark Romanaku, and Representative Bill Seitz wrote the uh, actual against official text you can get at the Board of Elections. Uh, you can find that on the show notes below, uh, ohiosos.gov. They call it Don't Buy at Ohio, and this is really important to me, this part, uh, these two little bullet points. Ensures we will be overrun with marijuana, as California and Colorado have proven. Recklessly exposes kids to a mind-altering substance in kin-friendly forms, such as candy and cookies. We know all about this. We've seen many a times uh, kids have taken uh, little gummies or anything into school. We've seen it happen, and they get deathly sick. We can't have this in Ohio. Not in my Ohio. And by the way, really quick funny story here. Uh, NDC went to the the, uh, Marine Parade, which they have every Friday. A fantastic event. Do not, if you are, and I don't want to sound racist here, but if you are lighter than, or if you're about my color, do not walk there. First thing we hear when we get off the train why are all these white people around here today using a much more explicit language than me after me and another white person walk off the train? Not a great place to be. You walk off the, the, the Marine Barracks property, you start walking down, and boy does it smell like marijuana all over the place. It is atrocious. It is a terrible smell. 
You find people just just handing them out on the street, just lighting them up right there in front of you. Do we really want that Ohio for our kids? Do you not want to be able to safely walk down a block? Is that really what we want in Ohio? I don't think so. And it's not something I'm backing. So I support a no vote on issue two, a no vote on issue one, and yes on your local Republican officials, most of them. Uh, Most of them are great. And probably a no on your local levy. And if you have a levy, you're kind of questioning, I'll read into it for you, josh at gopjosh.com. But my friends, that will do it for us today. We are running up on time and we got to Got to skedaddle. So we appreciate you all hopping on with us tonight, listening to the program wherever you listen to the show. Make sure you rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the platforms. Make sure you have the podcast followed. You are subscribed. It downloads. Downloading helps boost us in the algorithm. You can find us on gopjosh.com. Wherever you get your social media, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Back with you on Friday, the 27th. Here on The Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. A production of GOPJosh.com.